It's a classic tune. It's the theme tune of Skippy, the Bush Kangaroo. Oh, before we jump in, ahoy there and welcome to the 55 Podcast. Hi. I'm your host, Ben. I'm here with my good pal, Anna. And my other good pal, Kurt. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Today on the 55 Podcast, we usually talk about content marketing, graphic design, how to grow your business, but today we're going to play a game. To kick off, we are going to play a yes. game. And because we have Kurt here with us in Australia, um, staying with us for a month, we're going to play around with some slang and we're going to just rattle a few off and see if you've heard them or get you to guess what they mean. Sure, sounds good. So we'll start with the first one. Sorry, I was just laughing because I was like, come on, boys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take it. Um, the first one, mm-hmm. you beauty. Have you heard that one? Nope. Do you use you beauty then? Sometimes. Yeah? I think it might be fun to 15. Ask Kurt what do you think it means. What do you think it means? Your beauty. Um, is it more of like you're beautiful or something? Interesting. Mm. No? <laughs> Wrong? <laughs> Bit more bogan. Uh, I do know it's really hard to explain bogan to a non-Australian. I think Kurt gets what bogan is now. Though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now that you've worn the, the wig and been named Kaza, so... <laughs> yeah. It runs through. You beauty, I guess it's like, you know, you're great, kind of like, you legend. Ah. Oh, it's like someone gave you a coffee and you'll be like, oh, you beauty. It's like, oh, thanks, mate, for giving me a coffee. Like, it can be... In- Is that what you say to your barista, Ben? Oh, you beauty. Yeah. All- <laughs> <laughs> really need the coffee sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Next one. I'm not looking at them. Great. Okay. <laughs> Ben's like, I don't know these either. <laughs> Akadaka. Ooh, that's an interesting one. Akadaka. Akadaka. It sounded like upper deck. Just kidding. Yeah, it's a 55 knots reference. <laughs> no. Nope. Any idea? Mm. You have to guess something. We can give you a clue. It might be a band name. Reference. Mm. <laughs> I don't get it. <laughs> there are a lot of bands in the world uh, yeah. and Australian bands as well. But Akadaka is ACDC. Oh, okay. Which is a, you know, rock band. Ben is doing some air guitar. <laughs> Good guitar solo. Excellent. Arvo. Have you heard of Arvo? Yeah, yeah. Afternoon. Yeah, that's yeah. that's a that's a yes. One point. One point. One ah. point. Oh yeah, I'm not keeping tally, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what about Chucky Bicky? Oh. Chucky Bicky. Ch- Two words. It's not an expression, isn't it? Like, no. No. It's something that you eat. Ah. Uh-huh. Chicken. Just <laughs> 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 Close. What is it, Ben? It's a chocolate biscuit. <laughs> oh, okay. Chocky Bicky. Okay. Chocky Bicky. <laughs> so now you can say that when you order your coffee. Can you get one Chocky Bicky? Or you can say, can I have a hot Chocky? <laughs> hot Chocky! <laughs> oh, so cute. <laughs> That's so cute, actually. It does sound like baby talk I a bit now that the, I... Yeah, it's like a shortcut for chocolate. Like, yes, chocolate. exactly. Okay, okay. Chocky Bicky. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. Got it. What about, uh, has, here's a fun one, crack the shits. Crack the shit. Uh, yeah, I do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Real, um, There's no pressure as well. If you don't, you know. It's all a game. It's all fun. It's all silly. Aye. So when you told Ben once yeah. to calm down yeah. and he responded. Yeah. I was cracking the shits. Uh, okay. It's like tantrum. Okay. okay. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, you're like snapping at someone being like, why did you do that? Oh, I said, oh, Sally over there. I just told her to go do this thing and she totally cracked the shits. It's just like... She just went off off a tree. She's just like you just throw more puns in there. Or oh, sorry, didn't, oh, you know what off a tree means? No, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you're explaining. Sorry, it's like um, slang. Off her tree basically means crack the shits, which basically means 
unregulated emotion. Yes. Kind of almost, you, we weren't expecting them to react that way. That way, yeah. Uh, it's more like an angry sort of, they're annoyed. They're annoyed, exactly. Okay. Yeah. Crack the shits. Sorry. Crack the shits. Okay. I, was, I said to Kurt, maybe last month I said, oh, I was like flogging a dead horse. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, do you know what that means? He's like, no. <laughs> and then I was trying to explain it in the office and everyone oh. was laughing because I'm like, it's like a horse that is dead. <laughs> You're whipping it. But there's no point whipping the horse. The horse is dead. So it's flogging a dead horse. <laughs> Sounds so terrible, doesn't yeah. it? Particularly when you have to explain it. Yeah, exactly. I'm <laughs> oh, like, oh no. okay. Leave the horse alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you doing that? That is a good one. Thank you. I'm so glad that you've now learned that one as well. Um, yeah, you've learned. Taking notes. <laughs> Off your tree, crack the shits, flogging a dead horse. It's so useful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but frothy. Have you had a frothy? Uh, I think so. Is it more of like a, a drink, coffee? Ooh. Frothy. Or on top of it. <laughs> ben? Uh, well, I, it's not one I use in my vocab very often, but I would say it's someone who's excited about something. Oh, frothy. Yeah. So you, interesting. I, I mean, it could be that. Technically, it's a beer. Oh, a frothy. Oh, I get a it. frothy. Or a cold one is another one for a beer. Would oh, you like, like a cold the, one? Mm. Like the head of the beer is the frothy bit. It's the frothy yeah. bit. Yeah. So I use froth all the time in my language to be I'm like frothing over that. So Yes, frothing. Yeah, because yeah. you're loving it. You're excited about it. Yeah. All the iterations of froth. So no, I failed on that one. No, nah, but that's fine. <laughs> no, it's not good enough. I'm Australian. You're no. nothing but a second rate, trying hard, copycat. <laughs> Am I really Australian? And the last one before we keep moving is use. 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 Like Y O U. K-O. Them. It's like you, like people. What would the Americans say in, in Texas? Y'all. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's like it's like our version of you all. Yes, but it's a bit bogan. It's like bogan. You, how are yous going? Ah. Yeah. You it's, not real, it's not real English. Yeah. Yous. Probably don't use that, actually. <laughs> Let's not. Well, you can use yous, just don't use it like that. It's Y-O-U-Z. S. Uh, yeah. Y-O-U-S. Well, it's not technically like, a real word. Oh, my God. Oh, like, you use guys. Use guys. <laughs> <laughs> No, actually, yeah, let's delete that one. Do not use that. <laughs> I love it because in Tagalog, Kayo is kind of the, the same. Yes. You all, excluding me. Yes. Which Americans have y'all, which I don't think is a real word either. Y'all. That's that's you all. Yeah. Yeah, y'all. It's very gender neutral yeah. too. I like it because you can, you know, like ladies or yeah, yeah. good evening boys. It's like yeah. y'all. But we don't say y'all really, do we? American. I'd say it'll, I write really? it a lot just because it's just because it's gender neutral. I, I love it. I'm like you people. <laughs> you, you peeps. Pe- peeps, yes. So there you go. Maybe you can start some emails with "Hey, use," but no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> well, thanks for playing along, Kurt. We appreciate it. Hopefully, um, you've got some new words in your vocab that you can never use because they're ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, but you know, since you've been an AU, what's like one of the highlights of your trip well um there's a lot actually like out of the many well me and ben and, and john actually we went to watch a musical that's moulin rouge <gasps> yes was it amazing super good yeah did you love the set of the big heart and the everything lights? the elephant the oh. the set the production everything musical scoring everything basically that, yeah, and uh, we also went sailing, so I had a cultural immersion, is what I've mentioned in the previous <laughs> episode. Just to be clear, I know it was Bogan Boat Day, it, so this is another slang. It would have really been considered a cashed up Bogan, wouldn't it? 
Cashed out Bogan. Yeah, because mm. most Bogans don't have yachts, just to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> Ben's like, and I am not a Bogan, <laughs> just to be clear. I am a little. I do come from the Gold Coast and towns. The Goldie, the Goldie. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, dressed up as a bogan, ate a fairy bread, which I actually got you guys. Oh, fairy <laughs> wow! Oh, it's a little. I actually love it. Bar. Yeah, I was like eating this yesterday, and I was like, like, I like it. It's a puffed rice fairy bread bra. Oh, <laughs> a bra. <laughs> Did I say bra? A fairy bread bra. That's a great idea. I would love to see that as an outfit. Um, Get thank all you of so these much. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, edible bra. That's what we like. Thanks, yeah. Dad. No worries. And then uh, we w- we went for a walk at the Manly Walkway. Yes. I got like... Spit to Manly, I think. Was it, Ben? Yes. Yeah, I got like 21,000 steps after. Whoa. My legs were like dying, but it was a great experience overall. He and- hasn't asked me to do it again, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Still recovering. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, met up with the key internal and external stakeholders, which is also one of the highlights as well. It's different mm. to meet people you know, in person, mm. shake their hands and then, you know, uh, discuss their growth plans and expansion. So it's good to be part of like something big. And uh, of course, scuba diving this weekend. So <gasps> pretty excited. Yeah. Where are you scuba diving again? Uh, Shelly Beach. Ooh, yeah. Be manly. Yeah. You just said like it's the one of the best beaches in Australia, in Sydney. So. Well, I'm pretty sure it is. I mean, mm. I did obviously grow up around there, so I'm pretty biased. Pretty biased. <laughs> pretty biased. It is nice. It is nice. I think, I often think, Bondi's overrated mm. compared to Manly and the Northern Beaches. I'm just like, so many nice beaches up there. It's just that, you know, it's trendy to be on Bondi. It is trendy, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. Um, And there's lots of, you know, interesting markets and bougie shops there. But um, but that's that's amazing that you're going to be scuba diving. What's have you, have you seen any random creatures under the sea in your previous scuba adventures? Well, uh, most of my dives were, were based in the Philippines. So yes. just the, like, you know, the... Turtles, basically, yeah. Uh, Different kinds of like fish, sea snakes and all that. But I think what I wanted to really see and experience is like up close and in person with sharks. So Yeah, and Australian sharks. Well, we've definitely got a few of them, don't we, Ben? We do. (laughs) Not not my bucket list. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, you enjoy that. (laughs) That sounds excellent. Well, you're really getting immersed in it. And, you know, it's wonderful having you here. Obviously, you know, working in a remote capacity, usually with 55 knots, which is an excellent setup and nice to have the option to to come over and do some bonding and wear a mullet and watch some Kath and Kim, apparently, Ben. Is that right? Yeah, I watched that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he watched more Kath and Kim than I could get John to watch. Really? Yeah, John was just like, turn it off, it's shit. (laughs) <laughs> oh, it's iconic. Did you did you get like find it funny or Yeah, bits and pieces of it. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate it. Totally. It's yeah. definitely bogan. They made me watch some strange stuff on the, the drive back from Rafael <laughs> in the Philippines, which is like felt like a three hour drive. Yeah. Back when it was only like forty minute drive there. What did you watch? <laughs> what was it? Oh, there was this one show where there's this twins, I think, and on one side of the girl. Like conjoined twins, conjoined. Oh. Like conjoined backwards. Oh, so the other twins on the back of her head, and they have like this weird fight with them themselves. But, <laughs> no, but it's it's it was kind of like you know um, Harry Potter, where oh yeah, the first um, movie where he's like um, Voldemort's at the back of his head. Yeah, it's exactly like that. But then, yeah, they'll fight. It was just so strange. Why did you make Curious. Ben watch that? <laughs> no, we didn't have a choice because that, that was like the one showing in the like in the van. car in uh, the van while we were like driving to Manila back to. And then we're watching oh. another one where two Filipino girls were fighting over a handbag. No, uh, by which who could buy the teddy bear at the store? Oh, <laughs> must have been a nice teddy bear. That's all I'm going to say. It was, it was good. 
Yeah. Well, te- yeah. television and popular culture, yeah. it's really part of the immersion, isn't it, yeah. wherever you go. But I guess, you know, would love to know in terms of working remotely, is that something that you've done in a previous job? Yeah, I think um, back into the pandemic uh, era, basically, yep, uh, I've worked remotely and it was a bizarre experience at first, but a lot of like learning experience and, you know, uh, takeaways as well. That's amazing. And have you worked for, like, what's it like working for an Australian company? I mean, I know what it's like working with Ben a little bit, but what's, what's that experience been for you? Firstly, I love the Aussie culture. Mm. Australian professionals seem to, to be able to blend a relaxed workplace environment with a strong focus on hard work that produces results. Yes. And you can see also the mutual respect and equality of opportunity for all, which is really great, right? So like the culture itself is being transcended into the workplace and then it's also being enculturated into the culture of the business, which is pretty interesting for me and amazing. That's wonderful to hear. I guess you can't take the Australian out of the Australian business or, or the bogan out of Ben. I'm joking. Rude. No. What's it like, I mean, Ben, yeah, connecting with Kurt and, you know, having him over here and, and obviously, you know, with the business being remote, it's an amazing flexibility. What's, what's it been like? It's kind of contradictory to the word remote because it's been a joy having him here because for some reason I noticed it when I was in the Philippines as well and when we're together, things just seem to skyrocket. It's been nice just having him like, hey, Kurt. <laughs> versus waiting to see if he's online on Slack and then getting, you know, do you have five, 15 minutes for a quick chat? Mm. So it's been really, really helpful, especially because we were going through a little bit of a, I guess, a rougher period when Kurt got here. So just having him here has actually been able to streamline the process. Mm. Um, so not necessarily remote, but it, it's nice to ha- have see your team in person, not just on Zoom all the time. So it's it's been really good having Kurt here. Yeah, to mix it up, absolutely. And, and that's the great thing about the flexibility of it, that you can you can do both. Yeah. And it just means Ben will have to head over to the Philippines more often as well. And Pretty soon, yeah. Yeah, and you'll have to come over for some more fairy bread. <laughs> um, <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> ben, in terms of just, you know, looking at, Working for a startup business as well. I mean, how long has Fifty Five Knots been running now? Since two thousand and nineteen. Two thousand and nineteen. Yeah, Almost right. Four years. Four years next year. Mm. And so, and that's a huge achievement. That's phenomenal. Yeah, it is. I mean, it doesn't feel like it's been going that long, but then at the same time, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like everything happens in a day. Because it was a tough, long two years when all we could do was work. Really, when we were in lockdown, that was mm. that was our lives. We had nothing else to do but work. Mm. Couldn't leave the house. Couldn't socialize. So yeah, the and that's what I have to say. But it's true, though, that this new format of work really just took off in the pandemic and amazing, you know, to have a startup sort of growing and blooming during. I pandemic. think it's really opened business worldwide, too. Mm. So, like, before the pandemic, people were very fixated on their location. Mm. So now, you know, we've everyone happened to work at home. Everyone's seen how actually easy it is to work with people all around the world. So it's actually opened up the doors to be able to employ people wherever you want, work with clients wherever you want. Like, you're not. You're no longer kind of, well, depending on your industry, but in ours, we're no longer constrained. Not that we ever were, Mm. but I think even now people are more open to looking for work outside of their area. Because a lot of people used to be like, oh, I want want my designer to be local so I can talk to them. Mm. But with the lockdowns and stuff, it's kind of taught them that they don't need to be. So it's really opened the, opened the opportunity worldwide for people, I think. Yeah, it's excellent. And good communication doesn't mean that you have to be in the same room. Good communication is good communication in yeah. any context. So. Regardless, yeah. I mean, you can have bad communication in, in the same room. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> it does happen. 
Well, that's an excellent journey, and because it's a startup, it was I mean, it's you've well and truly started, and you're rolling and you're revving along. I don't know when you when you move out of that. When are you not a startup? Well, I was wondering. <laughs> I was like, yeah, is that weird to call it that still? But that's very true. Like, is it a revenue goal? Is it a people goal? Because according to Greg, our business coach, mm-hmm. not bad because of the amount of staff that we have, we're no longer we're sort of coming out of the startup phase based on the amount of people we have. Like, mm. we're having to start to build a bit more of a corporate organizational structure. And when you start to do that, you're kind of no longer a startup. But yeah, but if you look at revenue goals, then we probably still are a startup. So it's kind of a bit of a weird sort of where we are. Transitional period. Transition, yeah. And that's exciting, I think. Um, and what, what's it been like, Kurt, working for a startup in, you know, in those sort of early to mid stages of expansion? Yeah, um, I think uh, basically, what is what is it like working for a startup? Mm. Uh, what has really drawn me to startup companies is usually the impact and the dent that I'm able to contribute to basically revolutionize mm-hmm. the business in my own way. It is actually a fast pace, constantly evolving, constantly growing. Um, you wear multiple hats. You basically face challenges in firefight every single day. Mm. Uh, you get to collaborate directly with the decision makers and founders when... I was still an individual contributor, not sitting in the C-suite group uh, in the past. So I think that actually like uh, made my startup journey in my previous companies like you know worthwhile. And I still, I would always still pick startup whenever or wherever. So, mm. so it's your preference, even though you've had a lot of you know corporate yeah. experience, yeah, because it's more agile and yeah. there's more excitement to it. That's true. Yeah, mm. it's like people who love agencies as well, like because I. I don't know. Oh, maybe I should. Yeah, no. I was going to say, do you like agencies? Well, there's definitely a fun yeah. pace about it and working across, you know, yeah, different projects and things. I think it's a pace and, and agility. I think more yeah. a small company that then expands. It's like you haven't just, you know, rolled out a big company mm. over multiple countries and you're just doing cookie cutter process and cookie cutter training of people. It's very individualized and, you know, you pivot. Mm. Pivot. Is that, is that what you do? It's a little salmon dance <laughs> as well. Pivot. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, and I mean, with that model as well, and what's it like, Ben, you know, working with Kurt and, and being in that startup sort of early to mid phase where you're still figuring out the best systems, what's what's that like being on the journey with Kurt and, and how do you work together in, in those changing? Well, I've never worked in a startup before. Yeah. I've always worked in large corporates my whole career. So I've never had to worry about money, budgets, you know, any of that sort of stuff. Uh, so it's always been like not an issue. So with the startup, phase it's been quite challenging because you know we're constantly having to think about staff capacity resourcing Mm -hmm. you know how much money do we have can we afford that budget but we want to get to that next growth spurt we want to take that risk every day there seems to be a challenge but it's also kind of fun because we get to constantly try to overcome the challenges Mm. like we always have so many (laughs) but then we get through them and then it kind of pushes us to that next stage and then we have a whole lot of new challenges and then we work through them all together as a team and with Kurt and then we seems to just keep pushing forward mm. um if you don't like the challenge i don't think the startup phase is really for you if you just like if you're i think in startup there's a lot of problem solving yes uh, and if you're not in if that's not your job and you just want to come and do your job like a bare minimum yeah <laughs> or what is it quite quit it's probably not going to really work not that we're pushing people to the edge but things change it's very um mm. it is kind of a bit reactive but it's it's very dynamic and fluid it's not like when it's called big corporate and something there's a change. It takes weeks, mm. Mm. but in the startup world, it takes it could take a day 
two days with me around. It could take an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Always optimizing. I yeah. love it. Uh, I have, since Kurt's come on, though, he does slow me down a bit, which is which has actually been beneficial because uh, I think it was like six months before I, I didn't update the, like the homepage the at all. Yeah, yeah. So, and we have more growth because of it because mm. it's creating more predictability with clients than um, me constantly changing my mind every five seconds. <laughs> and like I said, it is part of that process of pivoting and learning, but also having structure and consistency, which I, I can hear as well from that, the leadership styles that you both have as well is is really syncing up nicely in the startup context. Um, but what might be interesting is if, if you, if there are any problems that you've solved um, that are an interesting insight for our listeners um, who might have businesses themselves, but also just, yeah, just getting, getting advice on how that works. Probably, uh, well, I can share like my top three favorites, um, like, you know, uh, thing about working for startup companies. Yes. Uh, number one, you're never stagnant. Um, you're always out and about. And uh, of course, you get to travel. You wear different many hats in the organization, which strengthens your grit. Mm -hmm. So your guts, your resilience, your initiative, your tenacity as a person, mm. as an individual and as a professional. And you're always part of something big in terms of like decision making. And that your voice is, your voice matters. I think it's really important that it actually empowers um, people mm -hmm. to be part of something big when it comes to like making decisions or like, you know, um, calling the shots, right? Like, I think that is really empowering. That's brilliant. Well, sounds like, you know, that's, <laughs> there's not too much to solve in terms of if you're always open-minded and willing to you know, work through something yeah, yeah, and you can't lose, can you, Ben? You cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but what about you? I mean, something in terms of a challenge you've had in, in a startup um, context, which is pretty much everything that you've come across. Is um, there something that you've worked on with Kurt? Maybe? Let me get out my scroll. <laughs> <laughs> here it dropped to the ground. <laughs> Item number 3,777 <laughs> on my list of challenges. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest challenge we think we've probably obviously Solve together, solve you and together. Kurt. Hmm. Yeah, solve so many, Kurt. Probably like <laughs> <laughs> out of the many. Yeah. yeah. Just trying to think what the, what is Put you on the spot. I feel like retention probably is one of the bigger ones, and because it's very pivotal on Kurt and the operations team is one of the bigger ones mm. we've gone into. So I think we're very focused at some point about um oh we just need more clients, we just need more clients, and that'll solve our problem. But, you know, one of the first things when Kurt started, we started to look at retention and, like, how can we retain clients? How do we make sure they feel valued? I think looking at, like, when I look at the operation structure now and the amount of touch points for clients that we have, like, mm. the elevation in terms of success for our clients has gone through the roof compared to our competitors now. So we provide a lot more hand-holding. Kurt jumps on WhatsApp with them. They have Slack channels. We're constantly on calls with them, mm -hmm. kind, of, kind of make sure that they succeed and, uh, trying to make sure that they don't feel left on their own. And that's kind of helped with retention. And obviously it's easy to retain and get new yes. clients. So like yes. we kind of worked out that if we could just increase our retention on the third month to, you know, up to 50 or 60%, we could double our revenue without getting any new clients Wow! just by retaining more of them. So that was probably the biggest challenge. And it's still a challenge that we have now. We have gone from 30% churn rate. We're down at now at 8%. So it's... Whoa, that is a huge yeah. reduction. That's amazing. All props to everyone in the team yes. also. Like, yeah. yeah. It's a team effort. And that's especially important, like you said, when you're in that growth phase of a startup, that you're being really direct with what problems need to be solved first. And certainly retention is a big one. So, wow, that's, yeah. that's huge. 
on that as well, we also figured out, I think, together that when you're in this mindset of we need more and more, more clients, then you'll mm. start to, to cheapen yourself a lot. You'll start to lower your prices a lot. And mm. then, then you end up tracking the clients that are flaky. Mm. They're there for a good price. They're not really there because they value what you do. They're just waiting for the next good price and they leave. So that's since we raised our prices and we focused on handholding our clients' journey, like it's one that attracts the right clients at a higher price point. Uh, and second, you know, with the handholding, they all appreciate it so they stay around. So that's kind of what we learned. Uh, it did hurt us to learn that just recently though but we're seeing the um tail end effect of those changes but it just took a little time before yeah, we course. saw it so there was a freak out period <laughs> uh-huh. and yeah. that's a good note if you're freaking out that's totally yeah. normal and to be expected yeah. as part of the the learning big journey. changes often come with a big change yeah and it's usually a quiet one is what i'm saying to learn mm. so make a big change or you'll the prospects that were interested before mm-hmm. like especially if you raise your prices and you're they're visible uh, you've just suddenly priced them all out of the market. Mm. And so then you've got new customers that are going to have to come and look. And whilst they're looking and deciding, it's going to just go dead in the water. Mm. Like it's going to be, and that's what happens with us. And then we obviously started to freak out. What are we doing wrong? Um, and now I think, you know, we're getting, uh, we changed it two months ago, roughly, I think. Yeah, yeah, more or less. Yeah, and now, it, now we're getting like the, the, the tail end effect of, okay, these customers are serious, they're signing up, and, and they're sticking around, so... It sounds like it was a good decision and kind of what I'm hearing as well is that you've got this sort of sense of integrity together in terms of, you know, what kind of quality of service you're offering and you're not changing that just for a quick win. You're being very intentional and long, yeah. long-term long in, in how you think about growth. I think for business owners though, it's really hard not to get desperate. Yeah. Um, so often, like I, I speak about with my, my friend who owns a business all the time, that often when you're desperate, you'll take on the clients, any client, mm. uh, but they're not necessarily the clients you want. And then you'll suddenly you have a lot of clients you don't want and you can't take on the clients you do want because you don't have the capacity. Yes. So clearly the decision you've made is working well because you've really thought it. For now, but I'm sure it's 4,444 fifth challenge. Exactly. Something will come up. (laughs) We'll have another episode to read out the entire scroll. um, Scroll? It's a scroll. Yeah. yeah. No, I just instantly list. thought of like a Vegemite scroll. I don't know if you've had one. Of, you should have one from Baker's Delight before I, I, you leave. I had, I had. You had a Vegemite scroll? No, just a Vegemite. Just Vegemite. How did you like it? It's good to be paired with uh, toast, egg, and um, cheese. Toast, egg, and cheese. So you just, just cancel out the Vegemite flavor and add as many <laughs> things as you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you give that to Kurt? Was that- no, he, he Vegemited all, all, all on his own. own. Yeah. Well done. Well, you've had a happy little Vegemite. Ah. As bright as bright can be. We'll send you the song. <laughs> it's a classic. It's, it's a banger. Well, it sounds like you've had a full, fully immersed Australian experience. And, yeah. you know, being here with Ben, you, you've both been able to really connect and go deep on some different things and reflect on the amazing journey you've had so far with, you know, 55 knots taken off and 55 mates and 55 group. It's all, it's, it's growing. It's exciting. It is. We're here. Exciting days ahead. <laughs> yes. 100%. <laughs> And uh, as we sort of sign off for this episode, Kurt, um, yeah, are there any tips for anyone that's, you know, thinking of moving from a corporate space into more of a startup world? What any tips that you would have for them? I think primarily it should start from within, right? The decision, as as mentioned earlier, it's also like a choice Mm. because uh, you have to understand that corporate is more structured, is more like, you know, formal, it's more like organized. Whereas startup companies, there's a lot of like, pieces moving all together all at once. So you have to have the grit, as mentioned earlier, you also have to have like, you know, you you should be agile Mm -hmm. as well and be able to like, you know, adapt quickly. 
Um, I think that's, I think my initial piece of advice to the people who are looking into transitioning from corporate, uh, working for a startup company, but I assure them that, you know, once you figured out that your heart is into startup, you want to challenge and, you know, you want to challenge yourself to be better every day, then I think startup is the right one for you. As long as you don't like, you know, burn out yourself, you know mm. how to pace yourself, no matter how fast moving startups are. We all know that, mm. right? So I think uh, pace yourself and at the same time, like, you know, just enjoy the journey. It's a beautiful message. It is. Enjoy the journey. And here we are enjoying yeah, the enjoying journey. Enjoying the journey. With Vegemite scrolls or just... <laughs> We're all just happy Vegemites. We're all happy little Vegemites. Happy little Vegemites. <laughs> as bright as bright can be. That's the song. <laughs> well, Kurt, it's been wonderful having you on the podcast. We've loved getting your tips on, you know... Working in a startup and, and making that transition from corporate uh, and also just, you know, surviving Australia and diving with sharks. I mean, you'll probably <laughs> be able to update us on that next time. But it sounds like you you like to live on the edge and, you know, you're obviously really passionate about what you do. So it's wonderful to have you on board and, and part of the 55 Knots team. Thank you. Thank you so much. I mean, it's really great to, to be here, of course, in Australia. Thanks to 55 Knots <laughs> group, crew, mates for having me here um, and also for the experience of course Anna meeting in person was uh, an absolute pleasure as well so I had a great time awesome you know what Kurt will be back he'll be back <laughs> <laughs> waiting for the Arnie reference <laughs> oh, always yeah. he will be back he will but for now fair winds and smooth seas toodaloo toodaloo